spell out the name I am the A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R We are meant to be A colony that runs independently Meanwhile, Britney keeps sitting on us endlessly Essentially, they tax us relentlessly Then King George turns around and runs a spending spree He ain't never gonna set his descendants free So there will be a revolution in this century Enter me He says in parentheses Don't be shocked when your history book mentions me I will lay down my life if it sets us free Eventually you'll see my ascendancy And I am not thrown away, not shot I am not thrown away, not shot And yo, I'm just like my country I'm young, scrappy, and hungry And I'm not thrown away, not shot I am not thrown away, not shot I am not thrown away, not shot And yo, I'm just like my country I'm young, scrappy, and hungry And I'm not Hey, people of the interwebs. Uh, that was uh, not going to throw away my shot from uh, Hamilton, the Broadway play. I felt it was very appropriate for today's book, 1632, Eric, written by Eric Flint. But we'll get more to that in a second. Uh, real quick, I just want to touch a few bases. Um, the Bookies Facebook page. Uh, please like... Um, we post uh, memes and, and content about books and literature almost on the daily basis. Um, secondly, I want to apologize for not getting this episode out of the first of the month. Um, holiday season, it was hectic for everyone. Um, thirdly, uh, I just want to say uh, thank you to everyone who came out to Palm Springs Comic Con. It was an incredible convention. Uh, we had a blast. Um, if, if you're unawares, besides this podcast, um, I publish my own line of comic books. Uh, so you can follow us on Instagram at Destiny Comics, uh, Twitter at Destiny Comics, uh, YouTube at Destiny Comics, and Facebook at Destiny Comics. Um, it just it was an amazing show, and I want to say thank you to everyone who came out and supported us. Uh, also, um, uh, if you're listening on iTunes, um, please like, comment, um, subscribe. We're a once a month podcast. I get it. You might like us, you listen to us, and then we just disappear in your feed. Um, so by subscribing and commenting, it really does help us out in the algorithms of iTunes, um, and, uh, you know, we want to have a conversation with you. If, if you have your own book club, let us know. What are you reading this month? Um, you can also uh, reach out to us on our Facebook page. Uh, if you disagree with our commentary on the novel, that's okay, too. Um, there's a lot of disagreement on the Internet, apparently, so I've been told. Um, but with that said, we're going to jump into today's book. Um uh, 1632, written by Eric Flint. Uh, if you're new to us, uh, we are a uh, book club podcast. Um, I should have put that at the front, but uh, I was on a roll. Um, and uh, we sit around a table each month, a, a group of uh, friends, and uh, we discuss uh, that month's books and themes and characters. So, uh, past this point, there be spoilers. Um, this is a very patriotic novel. It, I think, in a lot of ways showcases America at its best. Um, 
over this last year we've heard a lot about immigrants and immigration and uh, I think 1632 shows America at its best in how we can handle immigration and immigrants and and uh, that's that's just my viewpoint also we record several months in advance so I believe when we sat down and watch or uh, discuss this book we were in the midst of the primaries so I might have spouted off some presidential uh, hopefuls uh, that did not come true my uh, my personal uh, opinions uh, I mean who could have seen Donald Trump uh, but uh, we don't talk too much about current politi- political um, uh, elements in this conversation, but I'm just forewarning you. So with that said, uh, please enjoy 1632 by Eric Flint. Is, is Can you like, imagine if you've never heard loud music? I'm going to cut you. Like, yeah. I was like singing it. Was like, what the hell? Can you imagine <laughs> being in that fortification? Having this blared at you. And explosions going on overhead. <coughs> That's some wow. serious... I love how the Inquisitors knew what was going on. They saw it for what it was. They saw the devil <laughs> No, but they saw it for what it was. It was mind-deteriorating yeah, stuff. Uh, like psychological warfare. Psychological warfare, wow. yep. That's... Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so, uh, as we're getting started here, uh, just... <coughs> Letting people know we're a couple of minutes short. Uh, Lewis's work schedule has drastically shifted. So um, since he's a madman and is currently working seven days a week, we don't know when we'll see him, but hopefully we'll get him back for the next episode. Uh, Wayne is not here because of a uh, family uh, situation. And um, so it's sad. It's his book. It's he his book. He, he, so he sad. It. And he's not here for it. Um, so with that said, <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll go around. Um, I'm Brandon Noel. David McFarland. Bonnie Stallard. Justin Stallard. Melee Noel. And uh, we are the bookies. And um, the, this month we read Eric Flinch. Uh, Flint. Flint. Eric Flint's 1632. Normally... I'd have Wayne tell us why he's picked it and, and tell us what he loved about the book, but he's not here, so I'm just going to give a brief synopsis. Um, I'm not going to read the back because it's a big back. You want me to do it? Yeah, go ahead. All right, Bonnie. 1632. Um, and in northern Germany, things couldn't get much worse. Famine, disease, religious war, laying waste to the cities. Only the aristocrats remained relatively unscathed, for the peasants' death was a mercy. 2000. Things are going okay in Grantonville, West Virginia, and everybody attending the wedding of Mike Stern's sister, including the entire local chapter of the United Mine Workers of America, which Mike leads, is having a good time. Then everything changed. When that settles, Mike leads a group of armed miners to find out what happened and finds the road into town is cut, as with a sword. On the other side, a scene out of hell. A man nailed to a farmhouse door, his wife and daughter attacked by men in steel vests. Faced with this, Mike and his friends don't have to ask who to shoot. At that moment, freedom and justice, American style, are introduced to the middle of, into the middle of the Thirty Years' War. So you have <coughs> hillbilly city in Virginia, West Virginia. <coughs> Appalachian hillbillies. Uh, yes, very, very much so. I'm proud to be so. From the year 2000, because of an 
oops, our bad, didn't even notice it because we're, you know, this advanced alien race who messes with time and space, accidentally <laughs> moves this town and like a three mile radius from the center, five mile, five mile radius five from the center town. Um, including up, like it's like a sphere, yeah, rather than a circle. So below the below Maybe the ground, five miles of underground, and five miles of atmosphere and everything yeah. get shifted into Germany. Um, Thirteen years, I believe it is, into the Thirty Year War. So, which means there's probably some nuclear fallout at some point ended up in because <laughs> <laughs> in our upper atmosphere all the time. Yeah, so. so and then everybody has to deal with being in a totally different place and how do we get our our town to acclimate to this new system and vice versa for the people surrounding it. So. Which, I don't care who you are, that's got to be disorienting on so many levels. Yeah. Just, oh my gosh, we're not anywhere near where we were. Not only local, you know, we physically. We are not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> exactly. Not only physically are you not where your town should be, but you're not, you're not when he should yeah. be. Yeah. You know? And north isn't north anymore because the way it was moved, it was like it's switched a little bit. Split slightly off. So the sun doesn't even rise and set in the right places. And oh, that's got to be totally disorienting. <laughs> we live there all your life and the sun suddenly doesn't rise yeah. over the correct mountain or That's whatever. Like coming over south or wherever it comes up in the book, I forget. The, weird. There's a moment in the beginning after the first encounter when one of the rednecks is walking into Germany. He looks up and goes, he just notices that tree's like, that tree's not right. He's just <laughs> like, this is not, I, it's just, that tree. I don't know, they don't recognize this tree. Where's it coming from? This tree's okay. Makes a thought to himself and then just keeps going. Yeah. I just imagine him looking at the tree and going, you, you're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to be over there. <laughs> you know. So. <coughs> so, um, okay. yeah. Uh, we'll go ahead and start. Um, my favorite moment. Man, it was, it was really good. There was a lot of good. It's really long. It's there is long. a lot of scenes, a lot of information. Um, so to try to pick just one little spot, we'll just you know, yeah. it's kind of difficult. But um, the the war, the battle scenes were really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff probably became my favorite character. Love Jeff. Eighteen-year-old um, kid just thrown into something way above his his head and. You know, mm-hmm. when you're 18, you're not even in America mm-hmm. in 2000. You're not yeah. ready for any kind of real responsibility. No matter how many hours of D&D you've played. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing prepares you for real life. Uh, Especially not D&D. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's just thrown into it and he makes a good go at it. Yeah. I honestly think that's because our society, in my opinion, is, I don't want to say degrading, because back then, there was already people that were in the military that are 15 to 20 years old. There was... A, the people, like in, in our modern history, um, military people were storming the beach of, of Normandy in World War II at the age of 18. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to see Jeff here, I don't want to say got thrown into it, but... It, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility for an 18-year-old to, yeah. to pull himself up like that. But he definitely wasn't expecting it. Yeah, because, you know, especially since, I mean, you know, World War II was, God, 70 years ago now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so used to saying, like, 50, 60 years ago. Yeah, but, all um, my facts are stuck in the 90s. I know. But, you know, like, it, just not even 100 years after that, and well, not a lot of 18-year-olds are really 
into a quote unquote going to the military. In, you since nineteen thirty two people grew up people fast in Afghanistan and in, in Iraq. There's a lot of eighteen year olds that are in the military yeah. and dying. Oh there yeah. are. So yeah. I mean it's not <coughs> but they've also gone through the training. The status yeah. of it's just expected is not quite there. No. Jeff was given a gun and basically said, get, go get him. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in this time, it was more like it was expected. Like, of course. Which, it which if you look there. at it, is is the way it's happened in so many mm. past times. It's just, you know, not the norm for people who are in yeah. our And in all honesty, the battle of the shitter. <laughs> yes. Um, that wasn't well planned. Sending no, no, no sending teenagers out there to run, <laughs> run, run cattle on a bunch mm-hmm. of mercenaries. Uh, one thing I was well, of course was didn't he tell them not to do anything stupid? Yeah. Yes, but he, he also told the to mercenaries like, you know, they weren't supposed to do certain things, but they were going to do it anyway. Yeah, that's you know, <coughs> but yeah, it was well. fun. There's a lot of skirmishes, a lot of little battles, and you have to say little because they. Man, they, they didn't last, take very long. They last five to fifteen minutes because of the, the rapid fire. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but just as many, uh, you know, huge death tolls, of course. But yeah, you know, well, semi-automatic weaponry versus wheel locks. Wheel locks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. match lock harkabus. I kind of disagreed with the the weaponry on there, though. I mean, the the old matchlock rifles. Yeah, that's all. That's all fine and dandy, but. I just don't see a a small town in in South Carolina having an M60 machine gun when your typical weapon for the South and anything like that would be an AR15. That's your most yeah, common but weapon the, that you he, get he, from Walmart. He, he has to remember that he stole he it. He stole it when he was when, in the army. Yeah, but still they have more than that though. Yeah. Yeah. They had they, had they just basically had the weapon. But yeah, they, they, they had did. a lot of military weaponry. When your average person you mean, hell, no, even I owned an AR-15. Yeah. Your average weapon is going to be our AR-15 or hunting rifles, but them pulling out, like, they had more than one M60 in there. Well, also, you got to remember, because I kept having to go back, like, year 2000. Year 2000. Like, they came from the year 2000, which is, you know, 15 years ago for months. Mm-hmm. The millennium... The, yeah, the the, uh-huh. the statistics and things that we have now. Like, I kept having to go back, oh, well, solar power. Year 2000, not many people even had solar panels. Uh-huh. You might have one guy. Especially not back there. Here in California, yeah. You got one not, guy. Maybe yeah. not in West Virginia, though. No. Not in West Virginia. Um, so, like, you know, you got to look at what the popular weapon in the year 2000 was. AR-15. Was it still AR-15? Um, also... I know a lot of, like up north where my dad is in the hunting circles, a lot of those guys have illegal weaponry. Oh, I'm sure they do. You know, I forget what it was, I, I think I shot, I don't even remember what I shot, but I shot something the same day they made it illegal in the state of California. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's, there's that mentality in certain hunters. And back there, it's way more, I mean, you're, I think the only one who's really lived Anywhere near there? Well, I used to live in Oklahoma, and if they pulled anything out of Oklahoma, they probably would have had bazookas too. It's a good thing they didn't pull them out of uh, out of uh, Idaho, but all the all the militia groups in Idaho that mm-hmm. would have been interesting. <laughs> I'm surprised that we didn't actually see any potato guns or anything like that. Yeah, because that could have. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I, I thought the uh, the catapults were a nice touch. <laughs> yeah, I like those. Yeah. You know. Yeah, with the napalm. Yeah, yeah. the napalm catapults. <laughs> <laughs> Just Greek fire, basically. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 they should have known what that was because that's mm-hmm. that's written in their history. Well, well it did say, it said the fire came back. Yeah, yeah the Greek fire, fire returned. Back, returned yeah. Yeah. The, so. the thing about Greek fire is um, that's 4th century. <coughs> four, and the recipe's still lost. Like, there are people today arguing over what exactly it was. You know. It's probably just crude oil. It probably was. Yeah. Um, there's a great history channel documentary on like Greek fire and the idea that it might have actually been used in in naval battles too to just set a ship on fire yeah mm-hmm. you can't put the stuff out apparently no um, but yeah the the battles I really enjoyed Jeff I really liked um, there was a lot of funny funny little lines um I want to touch on the uh, the marital scene between um, Gretchen, Gretchen and, and Jeff. And Jeff. Um, Maylene, we were talking, she goes, she felt like it was a little awkward and didn't really need to be in there. The one thing... I never said it didn't need to be in there, I just said, I'll, I'll get to that later. Okay. Um, Thanks for putting words in my mouth. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the one thing I thought was interesting that I liked about that was... The idea that a 18-year-old boy, you know, two th- in the year 2000, with access to the pornography of the year 2000, because he's an 18-year-old boy, I'm going to assume that was a, you know, that w- with a computer. I'm going to go ahead and make that logical jump. He's a D&D kid, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's a D&D kid. Yeah. Now, would know more about, like, oral sex than, like, a warlord from, you know, the year 1632. So I thought, like, even though that this this woman was more educated in some ways, like, there were still things that he knew that she didn't know. I thought there was a, little, a lot of give and take and stuff in that. I kind of appreciated those moments. Well, I personally don't need a lot of sex in books, so um, I could I could I like, probably eh. I could probably handle a little bit, but going into that much detail with a sex scene and that they could have skipped that part on me versus what they did to the society in a whole mm. instead. Because I I mean. When we get to the part of the dislikes, I'll, I'll yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think we have some similar. Dislikes. I figure I'll, I'll. That's why I'll come in and talk about the dislikes. My problem with the yeah. things, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Dave, what was your favorite parts of the book? Um, I got a couple because I actually wrote them down this time. Mm. I actually liked the part where they were mentioning playing Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> <laughs> because at age 18 I was playing Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> and about half an hour before I showed up here I was playing Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> <laughs> I'm 44 uh, nice hell those are full on paladins <laughs> yeah. yeah I thought that was amusing but um, I think one of my the, the one favorite part in there that made me laugh was when the, the raiding party went to Grantville 
and the town was fighting back, but one person was injured because the picture of Elvis fell down and <laughs> knocked him unconscious. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, in the school. Um, no, it was in the town. Oh, it was in the town. Yeah. Well, there was one woman who did get who did get gunned down. Because she was on her porch and she yelled at the, yeah, the old, old lady. Woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they were talking. The, the yeah, theme was, with Elvis was, was in the town. That, that was, was before Mike's they mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Mike's mom. <clears throat> yeah. But um, I just thought it was amusing because I've done it all the time when I see scantily clad women. I like the part where the Scotsmen were oogling over the cheerleaders. <laughs> <laughs> believe me, when I see cheerleaders, I'm kind of looking at them too. <laughs> and guess what? I'm a Scot. <laughs> I there was a lot of pro Scot stuff. What was the line that kept repeating? Like, oh, those lovely girls? Yeah. Or something like that. Lovely yeah. girls. Those lovely exuberant girl or something oh, yeah, like that. It has to do with their the energetic, energetic. those lovely energetic girls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, this may seem like the little mushy side of me, but I liked how Mike fell in love with a girl from the past. Yeah. 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 I did too. The Hidalgo. That, yeah. that relationship yeah, was right. I didn't understand what that meant. Hidalgo. Hidalgo. It's like a... Because uh, I'm thinking, why, why are they calling this dude a horse? <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. 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 Yeah, because there's that horse. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going, why are they calling him a Is horse? Is it like a, like a prince lord yeah. kind of a thing? Because I tried yeah. looking it up, and it, all it kept on re- referring to was a horse. The horse. And the like, horse what yeah. does Hildako mean? Uh, I think I what did it mean, I guess, yeah. back then. Because yeah. I didn't understand yeah, what it meant. You know. There is some brief explanation when she first thinks about it, because the narrator gives us... Um, some information, if I can recall. Well, the originally Hidalgo was a lower member of nobility in Spain. Okay, that's yeah, and it has a Spanish type name, right? Yeah, Portuguese, Spanish, maybe like a gentleman. Yeah, I don't know. Because that's what you know. You know, you know he, it up, the, 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 the nobility of Spain at that time were generally tall, broad-shouldered, dark-haired men uh, of pale, of, of fair complexion. So he probably looked like what she thought was a, Hidal- a Spanish Hidalgo. Yeah. And getting back to the story, but um, I liked how they described the modern weapon going through, tearing through the, the military. I mean, it, it was always a, a what-if thing that's always been in my mind over the years of what a such thing how it would turn the tide of a war but it really wasn't one of my favorite scenes because I already I, I already knew the outcome of it I already knew they were just going <coughs> to blast through everybody and I, I kept expecting at some point that they would get outsmarted by the the because they were just slaughtering people left and right yeah I expected at some point someone would outsmart them or at least outnumber them outnumber yeah. them or you know yeah. well they did. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I was thinking outnumber them on the scale where the ra- the rate of fire would matter. matter. Yeah. Well, but what I'm saying is they did outsmart them, and that they sent that the mm-hmm. one group of troops to the town, right. and they you know did the diversions and everything. So, in that sense, they did. It's just that there was enough guns still back in town, even with the army gone. <laughs> yeah. And the, too the, bad the, for you, Calvert. Flintlock pistols. I mean, they were just so inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because none of the barrels were rifled. That didn't. Yeah. That, that didn't come in. The cannons the 1860s. weren't accurate either. Well, I no, mean, the yeah. rifled barrels actually came in in, in the uh, late 1600s, early 1700s. Okay. But we're still 50 years away from yeah. proper yeah. rifling. 
Yeah. Yeah, and even then, they, then they weren't probably. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because actually there is, is a thing in here where they mention the uh, rifle barrels of some of the skirmishers in one of the the things. It's just that even back in that time, they weren't. Uh, accurate enough to reach out past uh, 50 yards or 60 yards. Mm-hmm. And then even then, they would probably be for the rich. They're not going to... Right, yeah. yeah they were, they mentioned mm-hmm. here they were hunting rifles and were slower to reload and, yeah. and mm-hmm. such. So. There's that moment where uh, the king of Sweden is looking through the, the scope. He goes, well, that, that's pretty cool if it didn't have those um, lines right in the middle of it. In there and she yeah. got mad for... That was one of my favorite parts. <laughs> yeah. There was, is some you just didn't know what they were. Yeah. yeah, there is some pretty cool feminism in, mm-hmm. the, in the book. In a way. Surprisingly, yes. Yeah. Um, seeing as how it was written by a guy, <laughs> yeah. you know. But um, other than that, there's like little minor parts, but it's not really worth mentioning. No. Well, well, we're down a couple of men, so if you want to actually <laughs> take the time to elaborate, um, favorite character. Know. Um, my favorite character would definitely be Julie Sims. She's awesome. Um, <laughs> not just because she's some pretty cheerleader; it's just <laughs> that can shoot. She, yeah, she, yeah. She, she just seems like I don't want to say the male version of of myself because I, I mean, I love animals, but I, I could I could take down a human being, and I don't think I'd have a problem with it. Just like how some people will have nightmares because they see their victim in, in their dreams who they shot and killed. I don't think I'd have a problem with that at all. Just just like her, how she's, how she's just taking them down right and left. Mm-hmm. I, I think I have the same mentality, and that's the, one of the reasons why I liked her. Men in the war zone, they're so emotional. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Brandy keeps bringing up all my favorite ones. Oh, sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Thanks, Brandy. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> but um, also the probably one of the little things was um, when Julie's ex-boyfriend wanted, <laughs> wanted, wanted to duel her current boyfriend and it was the, we'll say the, the duel was quite short <laughs> well, uh, his idea of a duel was completely different than yeah. McKay's idea of a yeah. duel yeah well because he, he thinks, yeah, I'm just going to punch this guy's lights out. Yeah. You know, it's going to come out of fist. And then, but Makai's like, you know, come yeah, on. And a duel is like, hello, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pull He got angry because the guy just talked him, and he's the, like, you didn't let me choose my weapon. The challenger gets to choose the weapons. We don't have our seconds. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I love it. He pulls out that saber and just obliterates a poor cue. <laughs> I love how later... I think it was the King of Sweden. I don't remember, but one of the characters like mentions the whole, makes a jab at we, you know we can't uh, just go across and challenge him to a duel, even if we do get to use sabers or whatever. Like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that stab at the sabers. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's like uh, there's also the, my favorite part in that bar fight was the drunk. Share off-duty sheriff. Mm-hmm. Who goes, whoa, time out, time out. This isn't a duel. He doesn't even have a saber. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody get him a saber. <laughs> <laughs> Half a dozen men offer him a saber. Yeah. I, I, if, again, if this was a movie, Chuck would have showed up in the third act. Like I remember the ex-boyfriend's name, yeah. Chuck. Because at that final battle, I expected some Chuck to pop up somewhere, <laughs> right? With a baseball bat, and maybe reclaim some honor. But no, Chuck no. doesn't reappear. <laughs> One of my favorite little things in there about the duels is uh, 
I uh, forget, I think it was Linux, was asking Tom, uh, by the way, what would your preference for a, a weapon be in a duel? And Tom says 10-pound sledgehammers. And he, the guy's <laughs> like, yep, not challenging him. <laughs> Don't care how pretty his wife is. <laughs> Tom Thor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Mike's uh, brother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the whole guy through and through. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. man, even a four-pound sledgehammer swinging that around is... Mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Kind of do damage. No, it's just, it takes some good upper body strength to be able yeah, to yeah. keep yeah. on using that. Yeah. And if he's swinging around 10-pound sledgehammers, that dude probably has arms as big as my thighs. Well, they it talked about big. him being, you know, just, well, he was a just short of pro. He, he, yeah, yeah, he was like a... Yeah. He was like a center in football or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Big guy. Yeah. A lot of professional bodybuilders take sledgehammers and hit big industrial tires all day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like yep. I've seen that. Yeah. Work out. There you go. Okay. Favorite parts. Um, we've mentioned some of them. That's yes. okay. Um, I, I liked Rebecca. I liked how well she managed to fit in. And I, I love... How uh, I love when Mike went to go get his his mom's or his grandma's ring, like resized or whatever, and the guy's like the jeweler's like no 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 what's wrong with it it was good enough no 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 this is Rebecca you know and he's thinking she's like the closest thing we have to a princess she can't have this little dime we need a big jewel and <laughs> <laughs> this ring over here is better you know almost to the point where could, I can in my mind I can almost see Mike kind of half pouty but yeah like, like hey that was yeah. a family heirloom oh I can't get it because he realized that she was the closest thing to a princess yeah. you know the town loved her and I love how that fit I, I really um, oh okay I mean, there's another scene too. We're talking about you know, getting people to fit in. When um, Melissa Maley, the teacher, mm-hmm. uh, when she's when they're first bringing back Gretchen and and them, you know, oh, the, yeah. you know, and they're going to desanitize them because they're, you know, they're covered in yeah. Who knows? Well, well yeah. the, the girls were covered in crap because they were in the outhouse. Okay? But they also need to be deloused. Deloused, and and and, and she had realized she had to set an example. Set an example, you know, and shower the Duchess. The, yeah. the Duchess, as they always Gretchen. Even when she found out she wasn't, she always thought of her as the, the Duchess. Duchess. You know. Yeah. Um, she had to show them that they were showering and it was okay and we were just cleaning, you know, had to go through the process with them, you know. And then Jeff had to do that with the guys, you know, mm-hmm. um, which brought him up even more in my estimation, you know. I, um, and, and Gretchen. And Gretchen's. You know, I really liked, um, I forget which which of the older guys it was. Was it Frank Piazza? Was that him? One of the guys who had been in NOM. And he got his wife. It wasn't. Was it Frank? It wasn't. It was Frank Johnson or something. Oh, different Frank. There's a different Frank. There's there's so many characters. But um, Piazza, his first name was Ed. Ed. That's right. Okay. So I'm getting just getting names of some of the not. I love. Okay, I have to say I love that it's an ensemble cast, and you've got your main ensemble characters, but then you've got your your you know supporting ensemble. You know so. Frank and Ed are some of the supporting ensemble. Yeah, and I get it. There was literally a town of characters in there this There was, and I love that. Um, there's a character that gets introduced early on. Never see him again. But then there's characters that are really important, but you don't get your halfway through the book before you meet them. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like, 
like Captain Gars. <laughs> he was great. That's what I love. That I loved that. Um, I love that when there's a twist that I, I don't that I don't see coming. There were hints, and I was like, oh gosh, I, I bet he's related to King. He's got some of the same quirks. <laughs> yeah, he is a king. Duh. Spoiler. I don't recall uh, <laughs> reading if the actual king did that for real, but the king was a real man, and, yeah. he, and he died in 1632. Yeah. They, they yeah. say, the, the teacher says... According to history, he hadn't done it since he was a young man. Like yeah. According to history. He, he's one of the few actual princesses to actually travel the countryside under a fake name. Yeah. Princess, yeah. yeah. But, um, but, but I, I, um, but I, I liked, um, I loved that scene... You know, you've brought Gretchen and her family back, and I, I liked when Jeff realized he knew he knew he was a goner, you know, and he re- he knew he could have just you know had her as the spoils of war kind of a thing because that's what she expected. Gretchen mm-hmm. expected, but I liked explain what Gretchen did for the readers here. Oh well, we're well, assuming they've read the book. Yeah, yeah. usually they're okay. reading along with us, but yeah. you have Gretchen. Okay, I'll go back. You have Gretchen, who's you know she's. She's the strong woman of her family. She's lived through two, a little over two years now of being, you know, the concubine to the biggest, baddest guy in the field, and having a child, and and you know, you know, having a baby now. That you know, she had to go through all of that, and and it didn't break her. She remained strong for her family, for her younger sister, for her, you know, the, some of the younger kids who came in that she. They lost their parents, and she just kind of adopted them into her group. And so she's she's this lioness, you know. Some women under that kind of thing they break and they become little mice, and they just and some women they're not going to let anything, you know, break them. And she's one of those just towers of strength in spite of everything she's gone through. And she looked at Jeff and decided he's he's good power, I'll be his concubine now, you know, kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm going to align myself with this guy, and he realizes, he, he was smart enough, I mean, I'll give him props, he was, he was one of the nerdy guys that was legitimately high IQ, okay, and these were some of the kids who were building the rockets and stuff early on, so, you know, and they, they did the, you know, the trebuchets or catapults later, you know, so they were, but... He realized what's going on and using the German English dictionary <laughs> proposes <laughs> and has decided before they even talk to now this is what we're going to do and I and I loved how how um, Frank stood up and said hey how do you think I met my wife mm-hmm. you know yeah. years ago when we were young in Nam and they've been married for all these he's like don't you know he realizes what's going on he realizes that she's just marrying him for his money as it were because she needs safety and, sh- and shelter and everything he knows that but he also wants to be able to protect her and her family and he realizes it is it based on on love no i mean yeah he's attracted to her she's you know attracted to him, but it's not you know and i and i liked that and i i i respected this that day that boy became a man mm-hmm you know, he had he he started that morning as a as an eighteen year old boy. By the end of that day, he was an eighteen year old man. Playing, he was playing warfare. That day, he lived it, and he came out. You know, he became medaled. <laughs> it was his rite of passage. You know, his yeah. he his he was medal was tested, and he came through it, and it was awesome. So, you've got these 
these bits, these characters, where they're real and they've gone through these things, and and I, I just I liked, you know, I, I I found it interesting that there was more romance in this book than I expected. There's, there's quite a, a bit of it. There's a lot, a more lot more of romance. marriages and, and babies, and you know, it actually starts with a wedding and ends with a wedding. Yeah, it. yes, it does. It does. It starts with the marriage between his uh, Mike's sister and, and Tom, Tom, and ends and with Julie's Julie wedding. Yeah. To, uh, Alex. Well, almost yeah. ends, it ends well, almost. with the baby, but yeah. No. But it's like once he removed. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, it bookends there. Uh, I, w- I wasn't expecting that much romance in a book that obviously by the color co- cover deals a lot with war. It takes yeah. place during the Thirty Year War, and and you know written. By a man, to he wrote a lot of strong female characters, and I appreciated that. Which kind of it's kind of sad that that's such a surprising thing. Yeah, it is sad that that's you know what I mean. Because and you know I think the only other male writer that I read that's written such strong characters as far as females go is Greg Rucka. He like as a feministic like. Characters, mm-hmm. you know, he's probably one of the few. I would say, yeah, he writes very strong, powerful women. And then, then there's Eric Flint too. I was like, wow, just went over my head. Didn't expect that. Right. And, and the the not just that they're strong women, but they're not all the same strength. Yeah. They're not a cookie cutter strong woman. You have Gretchen, who is totally. You know, what I mean? you know what I mean? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. well, well, it's not just dinner and not all that. There's a scene with Gretchen where she kills the pimp in the sister town. Yeah. yeah. Um, Genevieve or whatever. Yeah. The, yeah. Well, we yeah. Yeah. Um, guy. She waits. Yeah, she waits for the authority. She wants people to know. No, I killed him. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's going to be a full investigation. My <laughs> husband will insist on it. You, know. you mean only a few minutes after my wife entered the town, she's you know molested by this? They make this big thing. It's great. It's great. But I love because you have you have Gretchen, mm-hmm. who is you know she's like an Amazonian you know warrior woman. As I describe you know, her, the thing is a Valkyrie. Valkyrie, yes. yeah, but she's a chooser of the living. So yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. You point, have yeah. Melissa Maley, who is this teacher who has been, in, you know, this activist <laughs> and <laughs> protester. Yeah. yeah, you know, and feminist like her, yeah. and all these things, you know. And, and you, Matrimony, matrimony. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, but, you know, this, this older <laughs> feminist history teacher talks about you know, how she's been arrested yeah and all these things and, and then you have Julie who's young and peppy but the best marksman in the whole town mm-hmm. you know she was yeah. gonna she was training to be yeah. on the Olympic yeah. team okay was she was fantastic but she's strong in and in, in an exuberant and exuberant and she's strong in a different way yeah. and then you have you have um, you have Rebecca who is strong but she's she's got she comes from the you know I love how she she's perhaps one of the smartest people in the whole town. She's so wise. She's very intelligent and incredibly wise. More learned than and, a lot of the modern people. Yes, and yet she she's so used to not being acknowledged at all that she gets so embarrassed when she's scared because she's afraid of the discrimination against Jews. Right, but, but I mean there's that, but there's not that's not the only thing. She's a woman and where she's from women aren't Exonerated for their brain. They're not allowed to have a voice. Yeah, and so when she's praised by her husband, 
by the people in the town for being, you know, for her wisdom. She's she's and she grows into it, but she's still very demure and she's also shy the first person to become like a TV personality. Right. Yeah. With the the TV show, I love the fact they make a point to say it's the highest watched show in the town. Oh yeah. Right. And it's it's a talk show. It's, yeah. It's a roundtable talk show. Yeah. Like I love those with shows. Opinions and stuff. But yeah. there is no way real time with Bill Maher will ever get the ratings of a Walking Dead. Right. You know. Right. So but in might. this instance, yeah. So you have these. You have these. I'll just use those four as an example. They're so completely different, mm. and their strengths align differently. But they're so well written, and they're they're they come alive to you. They come alive off the page. These and and it's the same for the guy characters. I'm not trying to say that the guy characters weren't well written. There's some great characters. Okay, yeah. Jeff's one of my favorite characters. Okay, I like I like the King of Sweden. Okay, I, I did. I thought he was fantastic. Okay, um, and, and of course, who couldn't like the Scotsman? Everybody likes the Scotsman. Come on, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, I just I found it I found it refreshing to read these very different, very strong female characters. Written by a male author who, you know, he did a really good job yeah. with that. I, I just have to give him props the, the for that. Char- every character you know? in the book is very strong. Yeah. There are some characters, like I said... Even the weak characters. There's one... But, you know, that, that they're written because they are weaker. They're, yeah. you know, like Julie Sims' boyfriend, who's a little whiner baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but he was all written. Yeah, I know people yeah. like that, you know. <laughs> you would dare strike a man who would face a dentist without... Right? That became, like, one of his calling cards. Was, like, the Scotsman didn't need painkillers for the, the dentist chair. <laughs> Not that yeah. the dentist had any. But yeah, because yeah. he was out, yeah. But wow. Said, well, half a bottle of wine, that was his <laughs> anesthesia. Yeah. So, all right, Justin. Well, a few, I have like everybody else a few favorite things, but uh, uh, touching on Bonnie's uh, char- strengths of characters, I like the descriptions that they come up with for some of the female characters. Uh, one, the uh, Valkyrie progression, progression. Yeah. but for Julie, they have they started calling her the Queen of Hearts because of her. Uh, proficiency with a sniper rifle, but then in, a, in the last battle she became Leviatar, yeah, goddess of earth, maiden of pain. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Finns. You know, yeah, different the you know, yeah. 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 And, different uh, aspect. So I love when the, they're being sniped. Yeah. And a couple of the Turks look up and go, "It's a demon, and it's taunting us with the vision." And it looks like a pretty girl. Yeah. 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 And uh, so I like that. I. I uh, I like the fact that even though uh, Jeff rides in on his motorcycle and is told not to do something stupid, goes and does something completely insane and, and suicidal, but his buddies back him up, say, okay, you're going to do this? Well, here we are. This, this is how it ends. This is how it ends. <laughs> and... Uh, the four of us will go down together. Exactly. The, uh, <laughs> this isn't wise, but we're your best friends. We will support you. <laughs> uh, Rebecca's talk show, I liked very much, especially when she wouldn't stay on script. <laughs> and oh, doing, doing the news and, and doing stuff. The yeah. news and stuff. She wouldn't stay on script. And her German translation of what she's just said in English was usually a little bit different. She would add stuff stuff in that the Germans would understand that the Americans like, huh, why'd she say that? 
I love the one like uh, producer of the show just like just threw up, threw up your hand. Don't no, forget about it. <laughs> and uh, I he al- is an amazing mediator. Mm-hmm. I also like the fact that the author did his homework in the way of uh, describing the battle tactics and and uh, the battlefield descriptions of how the soldiers and and all that moved around. This is my first Eric Flint novel. This will not be my last. Um, With that said, I have a feeling he was a fan of the history Mm -hmm. before he wrote this. Yes, you you Uh, have to be. Yeah, like he did not research that he, he had to have been in love with the 30s year war or that era that era before he he wrote yeah. this because uh, this, this feels like something someone is maybe not a full expert but at least a semi expert on yeah. in their you know enjoyment time because there's so many details that you'd have to research mm-hmm. just to get yeah. certain things right. You know? Maybe it's not surprising there's so much romance in it because it's almost a love story to history. Or at least this section of history. <laughs> Marrying the future with the past. Know yes. about all the married couples. Yeah. One from the future, one from the past. <laughs> or a lot of them, yeah. The main ones that happened during, yeah. during the book. Yeah. Yeah. The doctor and the... Um, well, uh, the doctor and the teacher were both from our future. But yeah, from our yeah. time. But and of course, the original wedding was done our time. But yeah. most of the ones that happen, like yeah. there's uh, Julie Sims and Alex. Alex. Alex okay. There's um, Gretchen and Jeff, mm-hmm. and there's Mike oh, and, and Rebecca. Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there are at least three weddings that happen that uh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know have one person from the future, or you know, two thousand, and then one from. The past, yeah. So. I uh, I just went blank. That's what I did. <laughs> um, I also like growing up in a small town myself, and knowing the little clubs and stuff that grow up in those small towns. I like the fact that they were able to get a uh, a steam powered uh, power station up and running within a year. Of uh, because well, they, they had the steam engine club. Well, they had yeah, yeah they had the steam engine club there, and I know three guys who build them for fun. For fun, <laughs> yeah. we can do this, you know. And, so and I know people like that too. Yes. <laughs> you know? And uh, they, I'm surprised though that they uh, they didn't because in a small town like that, Appalachian America, there's going to be black powder clubs. And uh, stuff like that too. You, well, you, they, they did talk about that one guy who recognized what well, kind he, of yeah, but he'd, 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 he'd only seen he'd only seen pictures of them. Oh yeah, well yeah, because, but, yeah. There was, but he was what a yeah, collector he, of antique yeah. guns. Well, also here's the thing: just generalizing the South for a moment, chances are any reenactors mm-hmm. are going to be Civil War reenactors, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially yeah. the South. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I I like. If I if I when I continue reading this series, I, I like to hope that they, uh, yes, their modern ammunition is going to run out, but hopefully they're going to be able to at least manufacture a black powder equivalent. Well, not even a black powder equivalent. Like I'm, I know Dave, you have to be uh, familiar with a, a resealer. Like you know, yeah, I'm pretty sure they most. most Gun enthusiasts will already have uh, reload kits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 reload kits. But the the, the thing is, it's eventually going to run out. Eventually yeah, is. but you, the you thing is, uh, the modern rifles in the in these modern rifles, you can't load those with black powder. No. Uh, they would have to build black powder weapons 
but they would be any black powder weapon they build would be better than the ones of course that that time, yeah. you know they'd be a, they'd be a, they would be a hundred years ahead of their time mm-hmm. so but yeah I like the technology meets yeah. that kind of thing so. Um, I loved the shower scene, you know, mm-hmm. I loved, you know, a lot of the scenes that were mentioned, I loved the, uh, psychological warfare with all the, <laughs> oh my goodness, that, that was music playing, and I loved how all the younger characters were like, not Reba McIntyre, please, <laughs> and all the Germans were like, they did, they become fans, they're like, yeah, we like this, go sit down. Yeah, the idea that, uh, Germans, uh, mercenaries have fallen in love with Reba McIntyre. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if I have, like, besides some of the ones that were mentioned, I don't know if there's one that I thought was the best. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite part of the book was the characters. Was I loved Gretchen. She was my absolute favorite. <laughs> Just because, you know, she was Miss I'm going to do what I need to do to protect my family, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, even if it's something that I don't want my wants not what matter. And she yeah. proved that she was willing to do anything after that battle where she uh, dispatched the one man of yeah. uh, her sister's uh, yeah. master. Mm-hmm. Or would be. Or would, be would be, yeah. Master, the yeah. Spaniard. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, or that Diego guy. Where yeah. Yeah. Just knifed him in the ear. Yeah. Yeah. I like how the authorities decided not to investigate. Not to investigate. That actually bothered me that the, there would even be any kind of a talk. With no, but they talked about it. They talked, they discussed, and they knew what was going to happen, and they decided, what's the point? They're what's getting the married tomorrow. What are we going to do, arrest him after the wedding? Yeah. This, it, this is how, they're going to end up getting off, no matter what. What, you know. But th- there was a, you know, they did say, well, it's not your jurisdiction. Yes. But, it's an act of war. Like, there wouldn't have been any kind no, of No, there shouldn't have been. Yeah, because, it, because it was an act of war. But they weren't at that point where they were really, really, they, that was their first battle. Yeah. The other one was just a skirmish when they first, you know, going to the farmhouse. That was a skirmish. This was their first battle. And they're still trying to figure this out. Mm-hmm. They weren't in that warfare mindset completely yet. Yeah. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. go ahead. But, yeah, um, and Melissa Maley was my other favorite character. <laughs> yeah, she's great. She, I thought she was really funny just because of how she was like just basically said whatever was on her mind <laughs> you know I was like just you know what it is what it is this is what I think and if you don't agree with me these are the reasons why you're wrong kind of thing you know mm-hmm. so I just I love I, for me the the joy of the book was yeah there were some scenes I thought were amazing and I enjoyed the book but I enjoyed the book mostly for the for the characters. characters. The characters are what really, for me, felt like fun. Even though there were times that I would get confused because there were so many characters. I was like, okay, hold on, I gotta stop a moment, take it all in, figure out, okay, mm-hmm. this is what's going. The only, you know, the only problem I had with it, as far as the characters goes, was sometimes there were so many characters that I didn't remember who went where. Who went where? <laughs> and sometimes they would change. Point of view in the chapter. Yeah. I had a few problems. Where you get lost a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Like, wait, wait. Did he just shoot her? Or no? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here we change characters. We're now back over at this yeah, battle. Yeah. You know. So, but I mean, I'll cover that more when we talk about dislikes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. So for me, it was more character than anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um. I I want to make one. I do want Michael, Mike. You know, steers or how you say Stearns. Um, I could think of his name for a second. Picturing it in my brain. <laughs> um, I ha- 
have to give him props. I know he was written as, you know, obviously he's just a, but he, he was a great character and he had a lot of wisdom. And of the decisions he had to make were tough decisions. And I have to say I had a lot of respect for what he finally decided on. And how, just even when, when he was first being elected for the emergency committee, you know, where he's like, okay, I need opinions on these things coming in this person, this person, and I need a, an enemy. No, no, that guy's too much of an enemy. But this guy but this me. guy and I have, you know, he's going to get a good point of view that's going to be different from mine. We're going to argue probably a lot, but I need him here because I need another voice. You know, you don't need everybody who's just going to agree with you. You need someone who's going to yeah. challenge what your decisions are. And, 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 yeah, of course, it made sense, of course, he got elected president. But... You know, even as president, the decisions he had to make, and, and towards the end where he's saying, look, I don't want us to become a tyrannical force here in Europe. I want us to be about teaching and about freedom and what America is supposed to be. You know, I don't want to become this, you know, I don't want to put up all these walls and all these things. It's just, you know. Very appropriate for what's going on right now. Even in our country. Yeah, yes, right now. And I just, I this, really. This episode will air before November. <laughs> so we can talk about current politics. Yeah, and, and it's how just, I, I really felt like go. like he made the right decision. Will it, make, will it be more difficult? Because they're not going to put up all the barbed wire and the landmines and the poisonous gas and be able to stay out, blah, blah, blah. And then what? Then when we need to expand, we'll just take it from the people around us. Was it more difficult because he had to sit down or stand up nose to nose and have a very heated, uh, <laughs> uh, not just a discussion, but, you know, trying to figure things out here with the king of Sweden and they came to an arrangement and agreement, you know. Um, I felt like... Festung America. Yeah, he didn't want fortress that. Fortress America. Yeah, he didn't want a fortress. He wanted it to be a place of, of freedom, of safety, of growth, of learning, freedom of religion, freedom of... You know, he wanted it to be what America is supposed to be. Yeah. You know, and I I really respected that in the character, you know, and so I just wanted to throw it out, out there, there, there a little bit, a, you know. There's a moment where um, uh, Gretchen's brother... Uh, falls in love with propaganda. Hans. Oh, I know. Hans. Hans falls in love with computers and driving. <laughs> and driving. Oh my gosh, him driving at the end was great. Hans has found his place. I just about yes. to get on the bus going. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I love when, when the sheriff gets on the bus, sees Hans, and goes, "Oh shit!" Yeah, <laughs> Hans is driving. That's okay. We'll get there fast. Hopefully <laughs> alive. Put him back in the printing press. <laughs> 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 I can drive anything. <laughs> Didn't say he could drive it well. <laughs> but he can drive it fast. As he mowed through the stops. Hey, he got the third fast. He got Mike there only two hours after his daughter was born. And yes, the truck probably needed a whole rehaul afterwards. But yeah. But really gave it four hours after. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but Hans, he falls in love with propaganda. Yeah, There's a moment when he first reads the, the Bill of Rights. Yeah. And he thinks, huh. That's these people are crazy. Yeah, these people are good. That'll never catch on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's a lofty idea, but it will never happen. Never. I love these Americans. They're crazy. That seems to be the opinion of most of the Europeans. These Americans are crazy. Yeah. But we like them, but they're crazy. There's a bit of this book that actually functions as propaganda, mm -hmm. where it feels very much like a, a pro-American novel. Yeah. 
definitely. Um, well, it kind of has the flag. Yeah. Kind of flag oh, of I, I like uh, <laughs> Linux's description of Americans. Fairies. All of them fairies. Fairies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not witches, fairies. fairies. <laughs> yeah. Well, even Carnal Richie was like, yeah, they're not witches, but... If it means the Spaniards are going to go after them, yeah, they're witches. Go get them. <laughs> they're in my way. We'll call them witches. We'll call them witches. <laughs> um, I, 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 I liked a lot of what, what was in the novel, but basically my my complaints are I, I got sick partly through this month, so I had to binge read the last. I, I read half the book over the last three days. There are moments that feel like I was studying for a history exam. Yes. Yeah. There's there's so much information, so much detail on certain things that you're like this could This like, is great. I, I I love it. At the same time, all of section 3, those Did we need those, all that? <laughs> those uh, yeah. the, the part 3. Those three chapters. Three or four chapters. Could have just been an information dump said by one character mm-hmm. in one paragraph. Like, I feel like it could have been edited down. B- down because it is quite a long book. It's almost six hundred pages, yeah. and the print is small. Just for those who very haven't read, yeah, for those who haven't read the book, just know it's small print. And if you buy the, the if you yeah. buy the book, you know the the, the heart instead, the, of the, the, instead of the Kindle or Nook. Yeah, but um. It's Kindle is different. But it's six almost six hundred pages small print. Five hundred and ninety two pages, yeah. not including the authors afterward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just <laughs> give you guys a heads up. If you haven't read the book already, it's a bit of a read. Just a heads up. <laughs> no, no problem for Wayne, but oh, I know. Okay. some of us had had issues just Getting through it? Just getting through it in time, you know. Because some of us aren't as fast as Wayne or Bonnie Hart with reading. I get that the author's a history fan. And I get that there's a part of him that wanted to rewrite history probably in such a way that allowed him... I'm, I'm just, you know, projecting as if I had written it. But there's a probably that wanted him to have that moment where he got to meet his hero of history. I'm, I'm assuming mm-hmm. the, the... Probably King Gustav. King Gustav. You know, Adolf Gustav. There's a lot about his history that... You know, it's... it's you know, I think he's an interesting character. I'm probably going to look up look him up. But I, as the novel reader, wanted more time in the town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think because it, was, it is pretty much a love letter to... The King of Sweden and that time <laughs> period. So I think if that you know, if you're the kind of person who's interested in the Thirty Years War, you would love it. You know, you'd love all the history and you'd love the you know whatever. But uh, that's what it is. It's him saying, "Look at all this awesome stuff I know about this character. Isn't he awesome?" And we we love him as he's written, but you yes, know, yes, we do. You, love we, I don't know how he was in real life. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, because I I much rather. Um, like I was fascinated by the the Ring of Fire, and I, mm-hmm. I there's I know there's more to the to the universe, and I'm going to hunt down some of the the personal letters. Um, but I just kept imagining during like some of the war scenes that somewhere in the town is a civil engineer trying to figure out the plumbing <laughs> because 
you know, we, it, our valley that we live in is 10 miles in radius. Mm -hmm. If you cut that in half, you lose some stuff. Mm -hmm. We it, can assume they lost the hospital because the high school became their base mm -hmm. of operation. Yeah they, yeah, they lost the hospital. There either wasn't one in the city. It was probably in the next city over. They lost that. They lost yeah. the hospital. They did talk yeah. about some of the plumbing early on and some mm -hmm. of because they talked about sanitation and stuff and some of those problems and they'd worked through some of that. But we didn't get as much of that side. They just mentioned that they worked yeah. through it. And I want to know the answer to that because if let, let's say they have because here in San Jacinto we have a water filtration plant. Mm -hmm. Let's say our water, if Ring of Fire happened right now, we were able to keep the water sanitation plant. Mm -hmm. That's a great boom. We can survive for years off of that. Yeah, but if we get that, we'd lose Domingoni Reservoir. We'd lose Domingoni Reservoir. We'd lose the hospital. We'd yeah, lose, yeah. So there's you know, some things you'd lose. The, you'd lose a lot of stuff. Because there's no way you could actually get a five-mile radius anywhere and have everything be mm -hmm. in a town. But he yeah. dealt with some of that. Yeah. yeah. But my point is, part of our city sanitation, we have modern toilets, we flush it, we don't have to see it, it goes away. That's not true. I, I know. But it, my, my point is, the water filtration plant is just part of a bigger system where a lot of our sewage would get flushed out because it's connected to a larger statewide system. Mm -hmm. Those pipes effectively, wherever the ring of fire ends... Those pipes just are cut off and ended underground. There's some civil engineer who at the border had to dig out those pipes to figure out what the hell to do with, with the sewage coming out. With yeah. the sewage and the rest of the well, place. And, and like, I found know, myself maybe, fascinated by that. Maybe it was maybe it's dealt with in the next book. I don't know. Mm -hmm. There's a lot so of books in this. There's there's like there's 1930 or 1632 um, there's 1633 there's a couple 1634s you know, they each have different like war the Baltic War the Galileo Affair the Ram Rebellion there's some 1635s there, you know so there's quite a few and then there's the fan fictions that have been edited by the original author that are like the Grantville Gazettes 1, 2, 3 and 4 yeah. you know Ring of Fire 1 and 2 which has is written by other authors, you know, who like to play in this universe too. So it's a, a very expensive universe. It is. Yeah. It is. So, you know, I don't think Grantville would even have a problem with toilets or anything because I think everything would be on septic tank. That's possible. Well, well I, I guarantee a lot of the farms. Grantville's a small town. There's there's no sewer system there. You don't think so? No. Half of San Jacinto back in the 90s was still on septic tank. And you honestly think a little hick town like that in South Carolina is... They're, they're well, the high school has to have something. The high school's new. It's newer, it's nicer, think, it's nicer than our high school. But he but based I, I, it on a real town and a real high school, so I can't complain. Yeah, but, but we don't have how, a how many how many we don't have kids, a were, how many kids were, were in the high school? Maybe a couple hundred. Well, but I think it's it, a small town. it felt like I think they measured twelve. There were and there were several like like the boys who lived in the other town over. Yeah. I think they still went to this high school. Yeah, I think yeah. they did something about, but like they didn't live in town. So yeah, because I remember there was that line where the grandma was like, "They're lying. This can't be a school. They're lying. We don't have. There aren't twelve hundred nobles 
you know, right. the world. Yes, yes. Yeah, so right. I think yeah. somewhere in the book it mentioned that the whole town of Grantville was like ten or twelve thousand people. So like that. That's a lot of people. So and, uh, you know, then I it boomed to like forty or fifty thousand because of the, all the German refugees. All yeah. the German refugees. So I think it so most of this is just farm country. There's not. Gonna, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that the whole town is on septic tank, but I'm saying probably a majority of it is. And if that's the case, that, then what isn't be probably has its own water filtration crap. plant in the town. They've got their own power plant. Yeah, we have coal though. Yeah, that that's gonna they're gonna run out of coal faster than they can. I don't think so because they can but just, they were just digging them. Uh, well, the digging the mountains. Again. They the uh, the way the they were mines. describing it, the coal mine was almost centrally oh. located. Mm. So if the and it had hardly been fire, touched, it'd been. Went five miles deep. There's no way in the world they're going to go five miles deep. Yeah, it, it had been mine. built as like a tax write-off kind of thing. They never used it. Remember, yeah. the other company came from out of town, built this mine, and then closed it. Mm. There wasn't anything wrong with the mine, you know. Um, so, so if you look at that, then there's hardly any coal that's been taken out, which means that it's all there. Plus, they were talking about finding. Metals and other resources in the surrounding regions of Germany. Oh, well, you know, so where the novel ends, they have a, a heavy trade route. Mm-hmm. Like so they're they're, 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 they're set. They're going to be good. I want to see where it goes. Um, you know, after that, but more complaints, Dave. Yeah, Dave. Dave. Oh, complaints. 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 There's no paper. <laughs> Um, I'm not really much of a battle battle tactic person to me, so um, I'd have to say that was a major complaint for me was understanding the the chapters where they're describing battle scenes. Cause uh, right I, there with you. <laughs> I just didn't understand it, and if you're not really into it, it might discourage you a little bit because there was just a couple of times where I just grinded through it just to get through it because I thought it was a little bit better than at least trying to understand it than just skipping it completely. Yeah. That's, that's how I felt because like, you know, I want to at least kind of try and know what's going on. So maybe yeah. down the line in the next couple chapters I can understand why they did certain things, you know. Yeah, so. I mean, just when they were just talking battle tactics, it just seemed like a foreign language to me and I'm like, I mean, this sucks. <laughs> they could have skipped this. It was a foreign language to me as well. But after a few of them, I started to get the hang of it, and I was able to get a better idea of it. But I had to read a little slower on some of those chapters, and I'm a fast yeah. reader, so for me, I had to read a little slower. Um, did you have any other complaints? Um, yeah, there was there was a one of the, my major complaints was I didn't I don't really like fast forwarding in books. Where oh yeah, especially in this where where it's so detailed, and then they said oh two, like two two months later and they, yeah. and, they, and they have these coal trucks that they convert into armored personnel carriers, and I would have liked a little bit more description on how they got all the metal and stuff like that. Again, there's a civil engineer who's been yeah. scratching his head. Yeah. Over two you want the eighteen days. moment, man? Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. That, that's a good point of view. Eighteen moment where they show all the construction and everything because if they could easily have done that instead of getting very descriptive in a sex scene. <laughs> yeah. when, when, it, when they're so worried about how they're going to be surviving. With, because they even Lennox said that hey, your bullets are going to run out. Your 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 technology may be good for now, but it's not going to last. Yeah. And then what? What are you going to do then? 
and then even they even mentioning how they were going to build a train, mm-hmm. and it just didn't go anywhere. Well, they um, they were halfway through the novel. We know they were halfway done laying the laying tracks. tracks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's all. Yeah, yeah. from that's the from the coal mine to the. Uh, yeah. They don't get yeah. back to it because uh, when they're watching the Buster Keaton movie, a lot of the German refugees go, "Oh, that's why we're laying tracks." <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, just I like I like detail, but it just seems like the detail certain was, areas was, detailed was, and certain was, areas was placed in an area that didn't really mean anything. Especially when they're describing how a society is supposed to be improving, and what they're going to be doing in a, in a situation to improvise, and they didn't really explain it. I mean, I understand, like, okay, how hard is it to put plating on a on a truck and notch holes in it for viewports and everything? But I would uh, at least had some kind of description of what they planned on doing, and then just. Instead of it just showing up and it was already done. Yeah, I can see that. <coughs> I just didn't like that. I mean, and also the the front cover of the of the book shows uh, shows just like a regular. Well, I think that was supposed to be truck. initial yeah, skirmish the, yeah, when we go to the first farmhouse. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Before okay. we start, yeah, you know, okay, I can see that. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, I I like I like the fact that uh, I mean uh, the eighty caliber or seventy seventy caliber eighty caliber yes eighty caliber yes eighty Jesus. caliber muskets yeah one I mean, guy got one at uh, one point during one of the later battles a, a soldier gets shot in the head with a ricochet yeah and it kills him with an eighty caliber musket so, oh. I, I've, I've fired and know what a five count like eighty is. Just, that's a cannonball. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's an inch and a half across. Yeah, but um, I kind of have uh, a discrepancy with that. I understand that that the projectiles don't really go that far, but I honestly think they would have been doing a lot more damage than what he was describing. I mean, I might not, I might not be. The expert on there, and he's uh, uh, Mr. Flynn has obviously done his homework, but I don't know. I, I mean, those those weapons. I mean, still an eighty caliber. I would have liked to have seen the Americans underestimate the the the, the Germans or uh, the you know at one point because there are moments where it's it's written like it's like oh they're not. That's superstitious. They kind of know what's going on. And then there are moments where they're just trounced. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There was just some things that I that I disagreed with in here, but I'm, I'm sure Mr. Flynn has done his homework, and obviously, or else there have been a lot more complaints than just our little group here. <laughs> but um, I also had a problem with how uh, the town was invaded because... I'm sorry, but Mike Stearns, he would someone like that who's who's building out strategies up like that, he's not gonna leave his ass in the wind like that, in my opinion. They did have the the people in training, they had the police officers in the police academy. Yeah, but still that's just that's just normal crowd control because in my opinion, people like this, especially since the Appalachian Mountains are around that area.
area. They'd be survivalists all over the place. They're they're not going to want to go to war. They're just going to stay around and and survive in in the in the forest. And they're going to be waiting for an ambush like that. And they're going to be taking them out. And and those those guys on horses, they, they're not going to see shit coming. Especially with their thirty out six rifles that that are going to shoot a half a mile away. They're my, not going to see crap coming. My, my They're not even going to get into that town. And I thought that, that the whole scene and the whole book like that, I, I thought it was just totally unrealistic. My, my theory is, because you, before you get into the evasion, the book starts to flounder. It starts to not really go anywhere. And I think he felt like he needed to, to wrap it up. Like, I think the Turkish invasion was just a way of, like, oh yeah, like this thing actually has to have an ending. Yeah. Because even the ending's not really much of an ending. It's just a setup for the next what happens next. Yeah. Um, I mean if that's if that's I mean that's a good explanation. He, he needed some kind of dramatic it, scene. Because it's he not needed something that was bigger than these little three minute battles where they're kicking everybody else's butt. But still yeah. that's what's gonna happen with what technology is being brought to the table. They're just gonna mow <laughs> everything down. In yeah. my, it, but you needed a climax to the story. Yeah, I understand, yeah. but if if he didn't want some humor in it. I mean, this book would have been a hundred pages because it really wasn't much to describe with the, the arsenal of weapons compared to what they're fighting against. I mean, and I, I, I kind of disagree with the the mentality of the men of how he was describing how they're fearless. Just take it. Take. I mean, you're going to see your friends die. I. The thing is, and I just get up and go. That's still. how it always was. That's, that's how, how it yeah, was. I understand that. I understand that. But there, he's relating that mentality compared to the weapons they were fighting against back then, and they're used to that, and they know. But when they saw the new weapons, and they're just mowing down lines of people like flat, and they're another line flat, and they're still trying to come up. I mean, like no. Your average person is going to be seeing that as as a, the devil's work, and they're going to leave. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be fighting up against demons and gods and and, and stuff like. That. They're going to be leaving. Because I, I, I certainly sides. would. I can yeah. see both sides because I can see people who you said against demons and gods. Well, there's some that would fight against that no matter what. Fight to the death. We're gonna, you know. Just Six we have more numbers. Years. We have more numbers. They can't kill yeah, all of us. Mo- you know? They're mowing them down, yeah. and they're being so, proved wrong. Mm. Right, but I don't know. I don't know. I can see both sides of it on that instance. Six minutes of uh, six, uh, rate of fire. Six minutes rate of fire. Six minutes. <laughs> I gotta agree with Dave though. If I'm a soldier of that time, I'm oh, I would. <laughs> this is how it is. Now I see these guys coming at me. <laughs> Happy deserter here. I'm not yeah. going to fight against that. I'm not going to fight against something I don't know. Yeah. You know, especially seeing all the people around me just being mowed down. Yeah. Bye. And no matter how brave I am against one what bull- I know. One bullet goes through one guy and kills the next. Yeah. Well, I saw that all the time. They actually yeah. could see the bullet. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of agree with Dave on that point. Like, Were all their, all their officers being there, getting their heads blown off or being hey, they got off their horses. And they don't even know where it's coming from. It's like, yeah. hell no, I, I don't want to stay on the open Even like if you don't believe it's witchcraft, even if you 
speaking of an explanation to it, that's still uh, something you don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the unknown yeah. enemy. Yeah. Like, who wants yeah. to fight against something they have no idea how to protect themselves against? Yeah, know? but we see it in movies all the time where it's like alien invasions and we're still fighting with our things and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, we just watched... <laughs> I was laughing at it in Superman 2 because it's so old and cheesy now. But anyway, we were just watching it the other day, and you've got these people who have seen the three evil Zod, Zod and his... Yeah, yeah. Who, who, they've just, like, bended people in half and tossed them aside, and yet people are still running at them, you know. And then when they think he's killed Superman, you killed Superman, we're going to get you. How on earth are you going to get him? He just kills people with his pinky, you know? Welcome to Hollywood. Like, yeah, you know? <laughs> and, and yet... And yet there's something in some of us that's going to rise up and say, I'm going to try fun, anyway, you know? So, I don't know. Fun fact about Superman, too. <laughs> there's a moment where Superman gets thrown through a camel cigarette truck. Mm-hmm. Camels paid something like $30,000 for that. That in, that He space. throws, like, Zod into the Coca-Cola sign. Yeah, they're yeah, like, oh, there's some product placement. That fight scene has a <laughs> lot of product placement. <laughs> yeah. That's right, five right, by Coca-Cola. All right, okay, so... horrible. I know, it's awful. <laughs> but, um, okay, so for me, there were a couple. There was one specific part where I literally had to go back a page and reread because I missed the gap. And we went from one couple talking and walking to another couple talking and walking. Yeah. And I and suddenly like, wait, what? There's a couple scenes like there, that. There was right? one specific where we had um, Melissa and, and James, mm-hmm. the, the yeah. doctor. James and they're walking and talking. And then it jumps to Mike and Rebecca. And Rebecca says something about what Melissa said. And that's when I realized, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Melissa talking. What? Wait. So, so I do, there are a few points like that where it was too... Like, when it changes scenes completely and it, it's abrupt, but it didn't start off after that jump with the next person's name, like it usually yeah, does, yeah. of who it is. It just started, It just jumped from this couple to they walked, blah, 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 like, yeah. they who? I didn't realize we changed. So there's a few things like that. I found a couple typos here and there where there oh, were so words I, that were wrong, but, you know, that's yeah. going to be found in or, different books. Or it was gonna. written in a way where it sounded like you were speaking with someone who didn't have a grasp. Because I would miss a word. Like, what yeah. people who every now and again English yeah. would skip a word. But that, that happens, you know. Um, there's a few, you know, it's interesting seeing that you say that because some, I don't speak German. Okay? Um, you know, aside of Eins, Zwei, Zwei, I don't know. Okay? German strikes me, it's an angry sounding language, and I've never learned German. And some of the things I could figure out. Yeah. Like when she says, my brother or brother? Well, like no, yeah, those things, those things like I got. But there were some of the battle cries that oh, they yeah, never translated right. it. And and I didn't understand it because the, it was uh, in Finnish. Or the, the, some the, of them were in English. Some, some of them were in German. battle cries are hilarious. I don't know which ones are used in the book, but I have a friend who does reenactment. Yeah. And he's a, he does French pikemen. <laughs> and one of his battle cries is um, something about like I raped your sister. Right. I just I just felt like every so now and then. I would have liked to have known the battle. In the last yeah. in the last big battle with Captain Gars, um, he does his usual yeah. God mit uns, God with us. Right. But and they then, translated that one earlier. And then on they have the one that the Finns do, but they don't translate. They don't that translate it. Yeah. And I, I'm like, I don't speak Finnish. I don't know what this means. I, you know, I mean, I, obviously it's a battle cry, but I would have liked to at least 
known what it was. I don't want to have to go open, you know, go on Google and figure, you know what I mean? Like, stop reading, go to the dictionary or something. Yeah. I hope they have it. This is right. There's a part of that that could be intentional because there's a whole family thing. It could be. Where it's like, I'm going to put big words in this comic book so that you have to go to the dictionary so you learn something. But there's already so much history in this. <laughs> I feel like I just P.T. Barnum's Egress this way. I'm yeah. a teacher and I still feel like there was so much history in this and I don't want to look anything else out. Oh, I completely <laughs> just a little whiny yeah. just for a moment. Let me just whine for a minute. But, um, yeah, there's some of that, and you there could have easily cut 200 pages out of this. Moment. Yeah, there there's this scene that I have a few a bit of opinion on, but I know Maylene does as well, so I'm gonna wait until she gets there, and maybe I'll just throw my two cents worth on her scene because since she's kind of last in the thing, I don't want to take Assuming all. Assuming we're talking about the same one, because okay, wedding night, Gretchen, okay, yeah. yeah, I'll just I'll just. You can tack on if I don't like it. Yeah, exactly. So, but I don't want to take everything from you because <laughs> I feel like whenever you're the last person in one of these roundtables, it's like, well, everybody's still on my favorite. Everybody always said everything. Uh, you know, I liked this too, you know. Yeah. So I'll leave that for you. So, Absolutely. Justin. <laughs> well, like Bonnie, I had a trouble with the breaks and some of the uh, paragraphs where you just you have to go back and make sure you're not reading it wrong because it kind of loses you. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I didn't have that problem. But uh, but I do read slow. Yeah, I had that problem. I only had that problem in that one particular. Yeah, I, I only had it like maybe three times, but it was enough to throw me off. I think it's, it's probably a bigger thing for Brandon because I read out loud to him. Yeah. So he doesn't. He can't see the break in the page. Right. Yeah. You know. There's a moment where uh, Gretchen goes to shoot the 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 pin, and then it pans back to the battle and for me it was like wait did Gretchen just get gunned down like I was right like there was is it, it back and forth it switched different. two or three yeah. times in one scene and it, was, it lost me yeah. I didn't yeah. have any problems with, with but the the only other thing that comes to mind is probably the scene that Maylene has it <laughs> is the uh, the the wedding night scene. I think they could have. It was very long. They, I think they could have. Maybe they didn't have to get rid of it altogether, but they could have shortened it considerably. Yeah. Well, let's let me and talk. It's and okay. I can throw it that wasn't my gripe about it. Okay, so. that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I've got two problems. One Dave already mentioned was the jumping ahead and oh months. God. It's like that annoyed me because to me. Because he takes chapters to describe the, you know, this is what's happening in this time. This is what's going on between Richelieu and the King of Sweden and all these different characters. Like, he'll spend chapters on that stuff, mm-hmm. which is fine. You know, not, that didn't bother me too much. But then some of it just feels like when you jump ahead, I feel like I didn't get enough of the development between, like, like some, of, some of the romances just felt like, oh, they're in love, you know. Like, and yeah, and suddenly they're, and then it was like they'd been married for. Yeah, months. three months. And yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. I what? Yeah. I mean, I get it, you know. You get like halfway through the book before, before there's any one real jump. Yeah, and then it throws you off because yeah. because there's so much buildup of we have to deal with this, we have to deal with this, we have to deal, you know, there's all these things that are happening. Coming, yeah. Exactly. Winter then, is coming, and then it's winter's past. Yeah. What? Like, what? We survived winter. So no, one, no one died of starvation. Yay. And it's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I would have liked to see at least a little bit of the winter. Maybe not go into great depth about everything, yeah. but it's like okay. I get that there wasn't any warfare during winter yeah. because 
well, everybody yeah. was just trying to survive winter. No, more but I, guess, I mean, yeah, and on the one hand, you don't want to add more to a 592-page thing. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, okay, I just felt like there was more emphasis on certain things and, and not, not enough, enough on other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it, the balance as to what he would focus on was a little off to me. Like I get that, yeah. You know, like, you know, uh, and along those lines, it's like... It, this is this will actually transition into the wedding night scene. Uh-huh. The thing between Jeff and Gretchen, don't get me wrong, I love both characters. They were my two of my favorite characters in the book, okay? But my problem with that whole thing, I understand her side from of it. Kind, you know, she's trying to protect herself. She's trying to find someone who can take care of her and her family. That's. Mm-hmm. But then, like the problem that why that that thing kind of bothered me was two reasons. One most 18 year olds from the 2000 aren't going to automatically jump to the same conclusion that Melissa Manley came up to because she mm-hmm. understands she knows the time she's a history teacher she understands oh this could be horrible you know right but the large majority of 18 year olds mm-hmm. from 2000 are not going to automatically jump to I'm going to marry her I'm but, but that's her. true that's you true you know that's why I said I had so much respect for him because oh yeah he saw it coming some would uh, he's the exception you. he's Definitely the exception, though. Mm-hmm. He's in a very small amount of... Minority, like 0.05%. Like, most 18-year-olds would see her and be like, you know... Someone, yeah. Yeah, someone mentioned yeah. earlier, I forget who, was like, well, he'd be like, hey, let's uh, come over here. Let's have fun. You know, I'm 18 years old. You want me? I want you. What's the problem? It's a usual thing. So, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I grant you, there would be some guys who might yeah. think about that at 18. But not a whole lot, not, you know. Not just yeah. excluding men. No, women no. too. At eighteen, today yeah. in society would be like, I don't want to get married. You right. know? But it's like, you know. So, and then that kind of takes me to the wedding night. It's not that as a sex scene that bothers me. It's not that even the length. Yeah, it was a little long. It dragged yeah. on for me a bit. I'm like, okay, just go on already. Yeah. But my main problem with the wedding night, personally, was the fact that this whole time she was, you know. The bulk of her reason for doing it was because she wanted to protect her. She wanted to make mm-hmm. sure if she was secure, and you know the whole gold digger thing. You know, yeah. she wanted to make sure her family was taken care of. Which is again, I understand that logic. I uh-huh. understand she's that's what she's doing it for. But it bothers me that one night, and he, just because he showed her some kindness, automatically it goes into love. Like, oh, I love you. I love yeah. you. You know, like okay, well. <laughs> Most of the time, it doesn't always happen just in one night. You know, like yes. I, I don't think it did happen in one night. I think and it was she said it, but that doesn't mean she necessarily meant it because she equated, "Oh, it's just love of family." I think she needed to get to where I mean, it was she, real love. Yeah, yeah, there was a conversation yeah. between her and Melissa. Melissa did explain mm-hmm. it to her, but I just think I don't know. I agree. Part of my problem too is is she's built up all these walls, mm-hmm. yeah. and. Um, and the knight in shining armor. Not well, no, 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 no. That's the thing. This is the thing. Having some people who are very close to me who have gone through molestation issues, and how that affects you when you get married, and how that affects you being able to open up to your spouse, and it's a process, mm-hmm. and it's a long process, and a lot of, in most women, it's a really long process, and even after they've been married for several years, there's things they've had to work through, yeah. because they realize that they still haven't. Maybe there's still some things that they've blocked off. For her to suddenly, after two years... Now, granted, she's had two years to deal with it mentally. 
to, to, to build up this wall to protect herself and have to deal with constantly being raped by this guy as his concubine. Mm. You know, she's had a baby at this point because of the guy. Yes, it's, it's not like it just happened last week. She's had two years of it. And she's still remained strong. She's fought through it, and it didn't, you know, cave her in. So I can see that aspect. But, of the it. Reason why but for strong, her, yeah. but for her to to be able to completely open up emotionally and physically to her brand new husband, I felt that that happened too fast. Yeah. I I don't think. I mean, that's one in like a bazillion who would in one night be able to do that. That was part of my issue, too. And I feel like, I mean, I get, like, it's a great idea, but in my opinion, that would have taken time. You see, I didn't see... one night. Yeah, I didn't see her falling in love with him even past the the sex scene. Mm -hmm. Because she's... By the time they go to the second town, she's still playing games to her own end. She's got some kind of Machiavellian scheme with her cousins and which never actually comes to her fruition. Cousins? Yeah, when she goes to... Um, they're not her cousins. They're they not her cousins. They were the cousin of the other oh, ladies. The but they, they weren't yeah. really related to her yeah. at all. She Well, she's following Mike's orders in going in and doing that. She's, yeah. she's doing what Mike's... Uh, but, and she's proud of her husband. She respects her husband. She looks up to her husband. That's my bookmark. Um, but she... Um, and, and, and there's definitely a fondness, and they've been able to enjoy each other. You know, and that's important. That, you know, but she faced it as a duty, and I feel like she could have still enjoyed it, but still, it should have. It should have taken more than just yeah. one night mm-hmm. for her to be able to truly open up. Well, I think by the end of the so, book, she's by there. the end of the book, yes, but not yeah. that first night. And it made it this really long, at some points, awkward. Like not just that they were awkward, because when I'm, a couple comes together for the first time, there are some. Getting to know you and awkwardness. awkwardness yeah. I didn't mind that kind of awkwardness. It was the all the internal stuff. What felt a little. Uh, it made it awkward for me as the reader. I felt like I don't. I like, don't. I don't need to be that intimate with you right now. Yeah. yeah. Plus, after reading through it, I felt like she wouldn't have been that intimate to begin with. Like mm-hmm. in, in emotionally and mentally. Yeah. Emotionally and mentally, she shouldn't have arrived to that point yet. She, it would, should have been her, like, this is my duty. This is what I'm doing. He's my yeah, And now, you know, it could have been pleasant. And she, I, 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 I appreciate, I think she should have been able to enjoy it some. But you can enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I think she, she could have been able to enjoy it without being completely, without completely taking all the walls down around her heart. There, is, there are parts of that you know scene I mean? that are erotic. Uh-huh. There, and that doesn't bother me at all. But... The, what I appreciated was the fact that she went in there with one mindset and by the end of the, the night she realized, okay, this isn't somebody who's going to hurt me. Right, that was fine. That I appreciated. I was fine yeah. with that, but I felt like that should have been the stepping stone to later on her getting to the I'm ready to completely be open with you yeah, all emotionally yeah. mentally yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, yeah. Some yeah so, so I don't know I just I just felt that that as a woman and, and knowing people who've gone through things and have and how long a healing process it is generally I felt that that was too fast even for someone who's as strong as she is exactly even for like, someone who's as strong as she is so there still would have been some Sometime 
to get used to the different mindsets. I think right. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a moment, mm-hmm. though, because maybe you're bringing in 2000 year 2000 mentality into a situation where this woman is like hey I'm not dead that's a windfall but no no I get it yeah. I'm just saying as someone who has built up walls just in relationships in general from being hurt by different people in my life not physically but emotionally right, right. There's a difference between physical hurt and emotional hurt. And being able to let go emotionally is totally different than to being able to trust someone. You know what I mean? There's just, I don't know. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. I I get it. I get it. That's fine. Uh, That's fine. Um, I just just feel like it was a little bit, you know, and yes, she had a different mindset. Her mindset was to be his concubine. And then her mindset was, okay, it's a duty. Mm-hmm. You know, so she, the fact that she was able to enjoy and respect her husband, that's great. I just think that it went internal a lot in the scene, and I felt like internally she the, would know, you know, more parts of that didn't necessarily have to even be in there. Yeah, you in, know? The, in the tr- internal monologue, maybe we didn't need to know that. Exactly. Like, I'll give you that because that, that's it didn't need real to be there. deep. It was, yeah. It's, it's, it's real deep emotional with this character in this event when I will say there's no payoff later on. And there was no other there was no other time that we got that deep into a character's psyche even mm. even Rebecca no you're you know right. and I don't just mean in a, in a physical spend, yeah, sense I just mean you know y- you know there's characters where I mean, we didn't even get to get, get inside Mike's head that deeply and we get some of his opinions and things but to really you know yeah. I don't know I just felt like it was no, you're right it, 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 it was it sticks out because the writer goes so deep into her head and gives mm-hmm. us such a, a look at her insecurities and then since we never go back we never get to see if her growth her growth if she there was growth if there was growth I mean yeah. we get to see her character definitely she's fantastic and I love what she does and accomplishes but yeah there's that so that was my only other thing was mm-hmm. the fact that there were certain things I felt that pay off yeah you know just certain things like you know the Growth and whatnot. The Italian, you know, the, <laughs> the Italian. That still bothers me. There are just some other, you know, overall. There are just I felt I don't know. Maybe he gets to some things in the next book. I think I there's know. some things that were just barely set up a little bit in this book that'll be in the next book. It's but, possible. But honestly, um, at least we got back to Simpson. But we had this guy at the beginning, and then we don't see him for chapters yeah. until it becomes political again. I would have liked. I would have very much liked at least one scene somewhere in there where we're sitting from his point of view, where he's grousing, and we actually get to hear some of his dialogue and hear him with some I of his supporters. I would have seen. I would a, like a, to have seen that side. A scene I mean, inside was a club twenty-two or, or whatever. Or yeah, or whatever. I would whatever like to have seen the a scene with them because yeah. all we got to see was him from everyone else's point of view. Yeah. I would like to have had a scene from his point of view. Yeah, you know, I would like to have... Why, why set them up if you're not going to yeah, let them fail? We only see him in the political chapters. Yeah, and know? we only see him from an outside point of view. I mean, the whole narration is from... Well, except that scene with Gretchen. It's, you know, every now and again there's a few lines that are italicized and they're what the character's thinking. But most of it is, is you know, the outside narration. It's not a first-person kind of perspective, but I would have liked a scene where we got to see a little bit inside him, a little bit of his side of things. We got to hear about them, but I would like to have seen one 
scene, instead of us just being told what everybody else has reported on what they're doing, I would have liked the scene to see what they're doing. Again, going back to my major complaint, I, the, the war stuff outside the town was great. It was great setup. Mm-hmm. And, but I just, I didn't care. I cared about the characters in the town. I would have liked to have seen the bar fight that happened in Club thir- or 22. <laughs> Instead of just hearing about Instead it. Instead of yeah. hearing about it months after. Right. Yeah. I, wanted to, yeah. I wanted to be in that bar fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, it describes the town as being this, it's almost like a, a you know, a boom western, town, western boom town, town. But we don't get to see what's happening in the town. We're only seeing the fights that happen and outside. The, the yeah. sheriff moment. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, I agree. I would like to see more in town. Now I do know because because Wayne, my dad, who picked the book, his first insight into this was from one of the Grantville Gazettes as well, and he actually read me one of the stories. Oh, I'm getting those. Yeah, and, those, and I only one, only one story, but I liked it. It was about. And now that I think about it, I think it was about the the guy who at the end was the the he'd been elected as the new principal or whatever, and he died. Oh yeah. I think it was actually him, and it was and it was focusing on. I think it was him because the guy dies at the end of the at the end of the story, and so I think it may have been. In, in, but it's it's one of the older guys in town who ends up dying, and and he had opened his house up to a German family, and it's focusing on it's a German family of of like sisters. And a mom or something like you know it's, it's it's with these women you know he's opened his home up as so many of the residents did and um, you got to see what was going on with them in their house and how they were learning English and how he was you know, and, and and at the end he ends up like leaving them his house like he'd already made up a new will that if anything happened to him they'd get it and you know that kind of thing it was a really nice story and I don't remember all the ins and outs because it was several years ago that he read it to me mm-hmm. um, but I. I want to look through the gazettes because I feel like there's going to be more. Granted, they're well, fan fiction, but um, see, I think most of those are things that happen in town. Mm-hmm. They're maybe not they are er- edited by the author, but I think maybe everybody else who's read it was feeling the way we are. I want to know what happens to the people in town, so well, I'm going to write my right. I'm going to write my own story about something that happened during this time that skipped in the book or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? So maybe we're not the only ones who are feeling that way. But I don't know. Like I said, I've only had that one little story. So, I, but I think he enjoyed that story, and that was why he, he initially got this book to read. And then he enjoyed it and so many of the other little stories that, in the gazettes. That that's why he wanted to bring it up to the podcast. So, you know. But okay. Anyway. So, final thoughts. Um, read it if you haven't read it, but take your time with it because it's. Rushing through it's a little much. It's it's a bit of a beast. It's good though. Yeah, I'm I'm more interested in reading the gazettes and the Ring of Fire and the supplementary yeah. yes, definitely. stuff. Um, I don't know if I'm going to keep going on with the actual nineteen or sixteen thirty three or whatever. Yeah. I, I want. I'm fascinated with the town, mm-hmm. and I want to I want to follow that train of thought. I don't necessarily right. Want to go down the rabbit hole? The next events in the war, yeah, all the politics in Europe and all that. Yeah. So, Dave, final thoughts? Um, I'd I'd read the rest of them. It's just I got so many books on my shelf that I wouldn't even. Take a while to yeah. But I, I enjoyed the book. I didn't have any problems with it except for the battle tactics. But that was the only complaint about the reading. Yeah, it was a little bit long, but. 
Um, I just do chapter a day, and then it, it goes by fairly quickly. Yeah, some of those chapters are pretty short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like so if it was like a short long. one, yeah, I'd, I'd like skip stuff. ahead and just to see how long the next chapter was, and I yeah. just. But I, I liked how the how the the book each chapter stopped at a certain point. Mm-hmm. So I don't like stopping in the middle of a story, putting a bookmark there. I don't like that. Because I just like to have a like a right most of the stopping, chapters, stopping point. I most guess of the chapters OCD in me or something. Yeah, they I mean, were I logical stopping points. Yeah, that's true. But, um, like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I've never read an alternate history book before, so I could not tell you on what kind of book to to recommend. <laughs> well, we can do that in a minute. No clue, yeah. but, I I think. There's not. I don't think there's enough of them out there. I did like it. Like I said, I think the thing, the, the reason I liked it so much was the characters, um, the ensemble cast. There's a lot of characters that I really grew to care about and like to see what was going on with them. And so I, I, I definitely recommend it. In fact, I have recommended it to the librarian at my school, and she's, it's, <laughs> she's like many of us. We have a list of books we're going to read, <laughs> yeah. but it's only like. She's finishing a series. She has one other series she's going to read, and then it's after that. So you know, maybe in the next maybe in the next six months she'll have read it, and we can talk about it. But um, so yeah, it's it's good, and I, I enjoyed it. I just you know obviously had a few little things here and there, but there are other things that I really loved about it. So yeah, well, I enjoyed it very much. Um, I found myself actually laughing a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, yeah. so Shane, the book was so much more. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but uh, you being the gun enthusiast, my wonderful husband, yeah. uh, you enjoyed all the guns. <laughs> I, I did enjoy that part about it. <laughs> I mean, it was all right. But uh, yeah, I, I would recommend it. Uh, as far as uh, other books, the only thing I, that comes to mind is a historical novel, uh, April Morning. It. Uh, it takes place at the Battle of Lexington and uh, just before the Revolutionary War. Uh, Jack London, I believe, wrote it. And, it, of course, it's more battle tactics and stuff like that, <laughs> which oh works all right in my mind. Yeah, well, Justin <laughs> likes those. But it, 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 it deals with the, uh, the, the a lot of the characters from the town of Lexington. So, but that's just me. I well, like I, I don't want to say that I I wouldn't want to read something like that. I need to have somebody explain to me what I'm reading. Yeah. Yeah, I got confused with a lot of like just the war plans because I I felt like I needed a diagram. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Visual. I, I needed a visual. visual aid. Okay. These people are with these people. And they're against them. Yeah. And got a ridge here. There's a, 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 a river like here. Yeah. And, and <laughs> the, whatever all the over. Are we the all X's all or the O's? <laughs> mess on a map. Exactly. The street goes from here to here. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just just reading it in off of a sheet of paper, it just confused me. And and like I said before previously, it just that's the part of the book I didn't really like. Cause mm. I liked it too. <laughs> I think I'd probably give it a soft eight out of ten. Um, I would suggest it if you like history, like mm-hmm. if you're the kind of person who really loves historical fiction, you know, I, I would definitely suggest mm-hmm. it. It is war heavy, <laughs> obviously, because it's yeah. the 30 years war. So, but if you like that time era, then definitely I would suggest it because it's just a fun little twist on what really happened, you right. know. And um, I... I might get around to the rest of the stories, like the rest of the books after it, 
But like everyone else, I've got you know a list of books I will read before I get to you know yeah. those. Not that I would be opposed to it. Just I don't know if you know I would suggest it for a book club. You know, because if I'm gonna re- if I'm gonna read the sequels, I want like some people said I want to take my time with it. I want to be able to not have to rush through it, and you know, to, so I can have it done by the deadline. Mm-hmm. You know, I think so. it would, I think it would be a lot more popular as an AMC television show or. Yeah, it would lend itself very well to that. Yeah, History Channel. Yeah, or Sci-Fi Channel because they some kind of some kind of television program where it have like a season per year. Like a season one would be sixteen thirty two, season two would be sixteen thirty three, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'd like that. So yeah, I I would definitely watch it if it became a TV show. you know, and depending on how closely they follow the book, I might even watch regularly kind of thing, you know. Yeah. But I mean, I understand that defeats the, defeats the purpose of a book club. True. But, yeah. <laughs> but I think I think if people saw it more on the TV first, then they probably would go in and yeah, investigate yeah, the, the books. books yeah. There are plenty of movies. And not, and not the other way around. There are plenty of movies and TV shows that I've seen the movie or TV show um, been like, this is a book? Oh my gosh, I have to read What's this. It read That's book? how I did uh, Thomas. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. saw Thomas first and then Brad and I found out, oh, it's a book. So I went and got the book and oh yeah. my gosh, they say it's almost you know, 100% true to the book, you mm-hmm. know. So, yeah. So, well, um, Dave, uh, go ahead and, and send us out with next month's book. Alright, um, next month's book, I am choosing Clive Barker, The Thief of Always. It's um, it's Clive Barker. This is one of the few books that is uh, where he originally wrote it to be a child's book, and it actually turned out to probably be one of my favorite ones. And since this is the first time that I'm actually choosing a book for this club, I'm choosing this one, and it's actually the first book that I will be actually reading twice. Um, out of all the books I've ever read throughout my entire life. So um, it's basically a, a young boy who, I don't want to say he's spoiled, but he uh, is bored with his life, and he runs into a man with a fun house and invites him in to enjoy himself, and it eventually turns into something that you're going to have to read for yourself. <laughs> Island of pleasure kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not what it, it, it seems to be once he once he figures it out. <laughs> and Wayne has actually recommended this book in the past, so mm-hmm. um, it's in the, uh, the the TARDIS to be selected later. <laughs> so yes. uh, I think I originally gave it to him to read. Did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Because so, well, he's he's been through he's been through my book collection and mm-hmm. I've been going I message him a couple times like hey have you read this no have you read this no mm-hmm. then I gave him that uh, that was several years ago but uh, when I was choosing the book for this I go hey man uh, did you read this and he's like yep I read that I read that and I go well I want to pick something that 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 you haven't read and he's like well not very many <laughs> yeah. I'm going okay how about the thief of always and he wasn't sure whether you with whether the group here is read or not, and I'm going, okay, it's a it's a quick, easy, short read. It it's 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 kind of remind kind of reminds me of of how quickly Harry Potter was. It was a yeah. real it was a real easy, quick read, mm-hmm. and it's geared for 
it, it does have some adult scenes in there, but it's geared for a a more easier reading level. It should be fairly easy read for us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stop the it. Thief of Always. See you next time. Bye. 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 So, there you have it. That was uh, 1632 by uh, um, Eric Flint. Um, I uh, hope you enjoyed the conversation. I hope you enjoyed the book. Uh, Next month, we will be reading The Thief of Always by Clive Barker, uh, the very controversial Clive Barker. Um, I have to admit, I was unaware that he had written any kind of children's literature. Um... And uh, Thief of Always, after reading that one, because like I said at the beginning of this, we, we record some time out. Um, so I, as of this recording, I've already read it. Um, but uh, after reading Thief of Always, I can say I was very impressed with uh, uh, the depth of uh, Clyde Barker's body of work. So... Uh, Thank you, and um, like I said, like and subscribe. Subscribing is the big thing, um, because we are once a month, and we just disappear in your feed. Like, I I don't take offense to that. That's just the way the algorithm works, and that's the way um, uh, the podcasting game goes, because we're once a month. You, you might listen to us. You might like us. Um, we know their numbers. We know you're out there. We know you're listening. Um, and I want to say thank you to uh, all 300 of you. Uh, it, it really does mean the world uh, to me personally. Um, but uh, thank you. And um, uh, like I said, uh, next month, uh, Thief of Always, Clive Barker. Um, really good book. And uh, I do kind of hope you're playing along at home. If you are playing along, if you're reading with us, uh, comment, let us know, um, write us uh, on all the social medias. Because we have the Facebook page, the Bookies Facebook page, but the big arching overall company that that is my publishing stuff is uh, Destiny Comics. So you can hit us up on Twitter at Destiny Comics, Instagram at Destiny Comics, YouTube at Destiny Comics, um, and Facebook at Destiny Comics. Um, so... But uh, thank you for your support, and uh, just keep listening. And and even if you didn't care for our selections, go start your own book club. You know, go read a book. You know, couldn't hurt. All right, well, uh, have a, a, a happy um, holiday season um, uh, from from us, the bookies. <laughs> That he's gotta rise up. Tell your sister that she's gotta rise up. When I leave, when I leave, gonna rise up. When I leave, when I leave, gonna rise up. When I leave, when I leave, gonna rise up. When I leave, when I leave, gonna rise up. Rise up.
imagine death so much it feels more like a memory. When's it gonna get me? In my sleep, seven feet ahead of me. If I see it coming, do I run or do I let it be? Is it like a beat without a melody? See, I never thought I'd live past twenty. Where I come from, some get half as many. Ask anybody why we live it fast and we laugh, reach for a blast. We have to make this moment last. That's plenty. Scratch that. This is not a moment. It's the movement where all the hungriest brothers with something to prove went. Foes oppose us. We take an honest stand. We roll like Moses, claiming our promised land. And if we win our independence, let it guarantee a freedom for our descendants. For with the blood we shed, begin an endless cycle of vengeance and death with no defendants. I know the action in the street is exciting, but Jesus, between all the bleeding and fighting, I've been reading and writing. We need to handle our financial situation. Are we a nation of states? What's the state of our nation? I'm past patiently waiting. I'm passionately smashing every expectation, every action to act the creation. I'm laughing in the face of casualty and sorrow. For the first time, I'm thinking past tomorrow. And I am not for the way my shot. I am not for the way my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, strapping. 